Well, good evening. It's uh, great to be back with you again this evening. We um, knew the Lord's presence with us this morning. I trust we've known the Lord's presence this evening as well. And so we're going to begin just with um, our scripture reading. So if you have a Bible with you, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. So it's just one verse this evening. So that won't take long to read. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. Exodus 20 and verse 7. And this is God speaking. He says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Ending there. And that's the scripture that we're going to be focusing on this evening. And as you can tell from the reading, we're continuing with our series through the Ten Commandments. I believe you had the second commandment last time. And this evening we're looking at the third commandment, which is what we've just read. And I mentioned it just before I read the verse, but it's important just to be reminded about this, that these are the words of God. It's God that's speaking. In Exodus 20 and verse 1, it says, And God spoke all these words, saying, and then it lists the Ten Commandments. And so it's important for us to remember that this evening as we come to think about this verse and what it means, that this was spoken by God. And so that means it has authority and it, um, it bears upon our lives. And so we need to, it's important for us to understand what it means and to obey it. And now I'll just give you a bit of, a, bit of a, a reminder about the Ten Commandments. The first four are about a person's relationship with God. So it speaks about not having any other gods, no idols, respect God's name and keep the Sabbath day. And then the, the final six are about a person's relationship with other people. Honour your parents. Do not lie. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not covet. Do not commit adultery. And so that's how the Ten Commandments are, are broken up. They were given to Moses on two, tab- two tablets. And they were given... By God. You could really sum up the whole law with these Ten Commandments, the whole moral code with these Ten Commandments. And as I said, we're looking at the third commandment this evening. But as we look at these commandments, it's important for us just to remember the context in which they were given. When God gave the, the law to the Israelites, He had already um, redeemed them from the land of Israel. And that's important for us to remember. The Israelite people were saved by God's grace. And then they were given the law. And it's the same for God's people today, for those of us who believe in Christ. We're not saved by doing good works. We're saved by Jesus Christ. And it's because we're saved, that's why we do good works. And so as we look at the law, the Ten Commandments, and this one in particular, it's important for us to remember that. And I will emphasize it again throughout. And so we're looking at the third one. And this commandment is probably the most, or one of the most broken commandments in our culture today. This commandment is broken all the time. People break it without even batting an eyelid. It's always being broken. When we look at this commandment, we see that it can be broken up into two parts. And I want us to look at these two parts this evening. The first part, God gives the command. 
And in the second part, God gives a consequence of not keeping his command. A very simple outline, and it's a very, it's a very simple message this evening. So we're going to look at it in two parts, the command and the consequence. That's how we're going to look at this verse. So firstly then, the command. And we have this in the first part of the verse, the law stated. God says in verse 7, as we've just read, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And there's two simple questions I want us to ask about this commandment. Two questions. The first one, what does it mean? And the second one, how is it broken? What does it mean? How is it broken? So what does it mean? In this verse, God is warning the Israelite people that they must, must not misuse his name in any way. The phrase there, take the name, means literally to take God's name upon your lips. It means to speak it. And the word in vain, or the phrase in vain, means to use it in an empty or worthless way. And then the name that God gives in the ESV here and in many other translations, it's, 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 it's in capitals, L-O-R-D. And that's the name that God has given, that's, that's Yahweh or Jehovah, the, 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 the four-letter name, Y-H-W-H. And this name was first revealed by God to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And that's the name that God gives here. But it's important for us to know that the command is not restricted to just simply this name. It's any name of God. A few examples could be Jesus or Christ or God or Lord. Any misuse of these names is what is forbidden in our commandment this evening. In Hebrew culture, a person's name was linked to their character, it was linked to their reputation. And so if you were to misuse someone's name, it was seen as an attack on the person and it was seen as something that was very serious. And it's worth noting that in the first century AD, when Jesus was walking on this planet, the Jews took this commandment so seriously that they didn't even pronounce God's name. They, they substituted it for the, for the word Adonai, which means Lord, or for the words Hashem, which means the name. They didn't even dare to speak God's name just in case they broke this commandment, just in case they said it in a way that would offend God. And it shows you how serious they took this commandment. And so the command simply means that people should not use God's name in a way that's empty or trivial, or in a way that's disrespectful, but rather it should be respected and it should be treated with reverence and with awe. Jesus said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that's, if we're keeping this commandment, we would hallow the name of God and treat it with respect. So that's what this command means. So how can it be broken? How can we break this command? Well, many believe that that one of the main meanings intended when God gave this to the Israelite people was that they should not swear oaths in God's name and then not keep the oath. They should not make a promise in the name of God and swear in his name and then not keep their promise. Then they will be taking God's name in vain. And God is saying, you shall not do this. Of course, for us New Testament believers, Jesus said, you shall not swear by anything, not the heaven, not the altar, not even a hair of your head, Jesus said. 
He said, let your yes be yes and your no, no. So for us today as Christians, this first meaning doesn't really, doesn't really apply to us. But that's what it, it meant really then, or one of the main meanings. But the second meaning, and, and, and it's this meaning that really is, is broken a lot in our culture today. All the time. All the time. And, and that's that we should not use God's name in a way that's trivial, disrespectful, or even you know, blasphemous. Which, 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 which is, that's what this, this law is, this command is out ruling, is blasphemy. Using God's name as a swear word or, or things like that. Or, or telling jokes using God's name. Even telling a joke using the name of God. Well, that's blasphemy. It's blasphemy. And that's what's, that, that, that's what's forbidden in this commandment here. Nearly every single film that you can watch today, I mean, maybe that's a bit of an overstatement, but a lot of films today break this commandment. I, try and name, I don't know, ten modern films that have been in the cinemas that don't have blasphemy in it. See if you can. They don't use the name of Jesus Christ as though it's a swear word, as though it's filthy, as though it's just dirt the most righteous man who ever walked this planet. People break this command all the time. You can be in the supermarket and someone will drop something on the floor. They'll drop their, their milk and it will burst and go everywhere. And then they'll get angry and all of a sudden they'll use the name of Christ to show their anger, to vent their anger at what just happened. They take the name of Jesus or the name of God and they use it like a swear word. This happens all the time. And now this is serious. This is serious. Because what a person is doing is, they're taking the name of the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We heard all about him this morning. The preeminent one. The Bible says one day we will face him at the judgment. Every knee shall bow. And they're taking his name, the most precious name. He should be loved and honoured. And yet they use it like it's dirty. Like a swear word. And in our culture today, sadly this has gone to an extreme. I heard a story once, and this was in Scotland, and there was a Christian worker, like an evangelist, and he was in a school doing an RE lesson, and he was teaching the children about Jesus Christ. And one of the children raised his hand, and he asked the, 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 the man, he said, well, he asked him why he kept on swearing. Of course, he was confused, he didn't know what he was talking about. And then the, the child said, you keep saying Jesus Christ, and that's a swear word. Of course, that child had only ever used the name of Christ used in that way. And I guarantee you there's lots of children today who only know the name of Jesus as a swear word. They couldn't tell you the first thing about him apart from the word that their mother uses when she gets upset. That's the the extreme that it's gone to in our culture today. And when we look at this commandment, we realize that this is serious. Because God takes it so seriously. As we're going to see in the second part of the commandment, God says that he will not hold them guiltless who takes his name in vain. People use the name God, the name Jesus in the same way. Happens on social media all the time. Those of of us here who maybe have got Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whatever social media platform you can think of, people use the three-letter, I don't know what you call it, just say, say phrase, it's not the right word, but OMG. And that stands for, oh my God. And that's used all the time in a throwaway sentence. Well, that's blasphemy. You're taking the name of God and you're just using it in a throwaway sentence as though it means nothing. Just, you know, it's, it, it's, 
That's blasphemous. But it happens all the time in our culture. And God here is, 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 is saying that you shall not do it. You shall not do it. And yet there's another way that even Christians can sometimes be guilty of breaking this, and I've mentioned it a moment ago, and that's in jokes. Lots of Christians, and I'm sure they mean no harm by it, but if you tell a joke with God's name in, well, you're taking God's name in vain. That's blasphemy. We should reverence God's name. Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's using God's name in a trivial way, and it's a lack of respect. God says, you shall not take my name in vain. You shall not take my name in vain. And the question must be put very pointedly this evening. You know, are we guilty of breaking this commandment ourselves? Are you guilty? Are you guilty of breaking this commandment? Because this is serious, as we will see later. God takes it very seriously. But there's another way this commandment can be broken. And that's by hypocrisy. By people who take the name of Jesus Christ, they profess the name of Jesus, they profess to be Christians, but yet they, they live lives in, in ways that, that, that are otherwise. That's taking God's name in vain. If you profess to be a Christian, but yet your life says that, that really, you know, your life is in, is in open sin. Well, that's taking God's name in vain. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy, he says, Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. He touches upon it again in Romans 2 when he's speaking to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the Jewish people who would have heard the letter and they were supposed to be teachers of the law. And he said, you teach others. Do you not teach yourself? He says, while you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? And then he says, you boast in the law, but you dishonor God by breaking the law. For it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. If we take the name of Christ upon us and yet we live in open sin before the world, then we're breaking this commandment. You're taking God's name in vain. Titus 1 verse 16 says, They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. And if we're doing that this evening, then we are breaking this commandment as well as a whole load of other commandments. There's another way that still this command can be broken. And that's by people who, who speak evil of God, who say evil things about him. And doing evangelism and outreach, I come across this all the time. You have the angry atheist who apparently doesn't believe in God, but yet they've got so much anger um, that they want to vent at him. Well, that doesn't make sense if you really believe God does not exist. But the poster boy for this is Richard Dawkins. The amount of evil that he vents about God. And that's blasphemy. He's taking God's name in vain. And this is serious. And now atheists will say, well, I don't believe in God, so I can't, I can't be blaspheming if I use his name because I don't believe in him. So it's not blasphemy, but that's irrelevant. If I'm outside the church there and I go down that street 100 miles per hour and I get pulled over by the police and I genuinely did not know that it's, that it's 30 miles per hour out there, do you think they would let me off the hook? No, they, they wouldn't, would they? Someone laughed and it's true, they wouldn't. Just because you're ignorant of the law, it doesn't mean that, that you have immunity. You will be judged. And when the atheist says, well, I don't believe in God, so I can blaspheme all I like, well, they're going to face God at the judgment. That's, that's the reality, friends. So the, the first part of this verse states the command. 
And that's what we've just been looking at. What does this command mean? And haven't exhausted this by any chance. I mean, sorry, by any means. You know, there's, 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 there's other ways that this command can be broken. But they're probably the main ways that a person can break this commandment. But the second part of the, of the verse, which is what we will look at now. The, in the second part, God tells Israelite people the consequence for breaking this commandment. He gives them the command and then he gives them the consequence. In the second part of the, of, of the command, we see that God reinforces it by saying that there will be punishment if you break this commandment. Look with me at the end of verse 7. It says this, For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Here we have a warning that those who break this commandment, they will be punished. They will be punished. The phrase not hold guiltless means that God will not let them off the hook. He will not let them go unpunished. But he will punish this commandment. And now there's only two commandments in in the entire Ten Commandments that are followed by a warning or by a punishment. It's this one and the one before it. And that shows you how serious God takes this, this command. He's even put a, a, a punishment or, or a warning on the end of it. He hasn't done it with any others apart from the one prior to it about making idols. And it shows you how serious it is, how, how, how much God wants his name to be respected and honoured. So we ask the question, well, why does God take it so seriously? I've been speaking to atheists before and they say, well, he must have an ego problem. And that's even blasphemous when they say that, but they, they say this kind of, these kinds of things. So why does God take it so seriously? Well, the reason is because he is the infinitely holy God. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit, who is by very nature worthy of all our worship and all of our praise. He's the creator of everything. He is the one who sustains the universe. He is the one who gives us every breath that we breathe. He is the one who, who keeps our heart beating. He is the one who, who gives us food. He causes the rain to fall. He causes the sun to keep shining. This is God Almighty, the one who holds everything together. Even the atheist who spits hatred at him, God that very moment is still keeping him alive in his love and in his grace. This is the God who, who sent his own son to pay for our sin upon the cross. The God of love. And yet they take his name. And they use it like it's filth. And they question why God is angry when people blaspheme. You never hear people take the name of Adolf Hitler, do you? That murderer who murdered millions. But yet you hear them take the name of Christ. The most righteous man who ever lived. The name of God, the one who created them. The one who sent Christ to die for them. Of course, when we look at it like that and we put it in its context, well, of course, God should be angry when people blaspheme his name. It makes sense, doesn't it, when we think of it in that context. And God says that because of this, people will not go unpunished. And now this, this could mean that people will be punished in this life, which is what happened in, in the Old Testament in Israel. Blasphemy was punishable by death. There was the death penalty. In Leviticus 24, verses 10 to 16, I won't read it now, but you have an account of, an, of, of a man who cursed God and Moses, they brought him to Moses and Moses asked God, what shall we do? 
And God said, take him outside of the camp. Everybody who heard him blaspheme, lay their hands upon his head and then stone him. And then God says, he who curses the name of his God shall bear his sin. And even there we see how serious God takes this, 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 this crime of, of blasphemy. But of course for today, we're less likely to have that kind of punishment. But the Bible is clear that there is punishment in the next life. And there is. There is punishment in the next life. The Bible says it is appointed for men once to die, but after this, the judgment. I was speaking to a lady the other day on the doors, and she said, well, I can't remember all the things I've done. But the thing is, God remembers, doesn't he? The Bible says God's got a book of remembrance. The Bible says that on the day of judgment, the books will be opened, and the dead will be judged according to their works. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible's clear that there is a hell. And so there's, you might think you've got away with it now. And many people do. They blaspheme all they want and they think this is just great. But after death, judgment. After death, judgment. That's what the verse is saying. God will not hold him guiltless. And dear friends, if you are guilty of breaking this commandment this evening, then you need God's forgiveness. And the only place that's found is in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross to pay for our sin. So that even our blasphemy can be forgiven, which is amazing and wonderful. You need Christ. In this verse, the third commandment, we have the command, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And we have the consequence, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. But just in conclusion, just as I wrap up now, it must be made clear, crystal clear, That a person cannot be made right with God. You cannot go to heaven. You cannot be made acceptable with your creator by trying to keep these commandments. The reason why God gives us the law is not so we can try our best to try and keep it and then get to heaven if we're good enough. Because the thing is, we are not good enough. Not a single person in this room, not a single person on this planet. The Bible says, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. So what is the purpose of the Ten Commandments? Why did God give us the Ten Commandments? If it's not to try and keep them and be good. And go to heaven on our own merits. Well the Bible tells us that God gave us these commandments. He gave us the law. Not so that we can get to heaven by keeping it. But so that we can see our sin. That's why God gave the commandments. The Bible says that God gave the law in order to show us our sin. If you like, the Ten Commandments are like a mirror. They're like a mirror. And when you look in a mirror, you see your face. And the Ten Commandments, they're like a mirror that shows us our sin. But when you look in a mirror and you see you've got dirt on your face, you don't take the mirror off the wall, do you, and start rubbing your face on the mirror, trying to clean your face. A mirror isn't for that, is it? A mirror is just to see the dirt, it isn't to clean the dirt. And it's the same with the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are to show us our sin. But they cannot make us right with God. When you look in a mirror, you see that your face is dirty, you need soap. When you look at the Ten Commandments, you see that you've broken them, you're guilty before God, you need a saviour. You need a saviour. That's the purpose of the Ten Commandments. And the, the New Testament says this when Paul says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. That we might be justified by faith. It's important to know about the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments, the reason for them is to point us to Christ. 
When we look at the Ten Commandments, we see we fall short. And every single person in this room falls short of this commandment this evening. In some way, every single one of us, myself included, we have broken this commandment. But the purpose of it is to point us to the Saviour. By breaking God's law, we're under the curse of sin. But the Bible says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Though we have failed to keep God's commandments, every single person here, Christ perfectly kept the law. Jesus Christ never committed, committed sin. The Bible says he was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. And then he died upon the cross. The Bible says that when he died upon the cross, he died to pay for our sin. He died to pay our fine, if you like, to, to take away our guilt. Sin must be punished. And Jesus took the punishment in our place. And the Bible says that after he died upon the cross, he rose again from the dead, victorious. And the Bible says that if you turn from your sin, if you repent and believe in Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. We've broken God's law. Jesus Christ kept the law perfectly. And then he died upon the cross to save lawbreakers like you and me. And the Bible says if you turn from your sin... And believe in Jesus Christ. Even if you've broken this commandment and you feel so terrible now, sitting in your seat thinking, well, I'm guilty of this, that's it, I'm finished. It doesn't have to be that way, friend. If you turn to Jesus Christ, you can be saved. You can be forgiven. If you're a Christian this evening and you know you've broken this commandment, well, there's a verse in the Bible that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we look at the law, even as Christians, we see we're guilty. And we need to cast ourselves upon Jesus. If you're here this evening and you know you're not a Christian, then you need to turn to Jesus Christ in faith. This law, all the Ten Commandments, they condemn you. They do. But Christ can save you. The Bible says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. You cannot be made right with God by trying to be a good person, by trying your best to keep these commandments, because the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. But if you turn to Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven and you can be saved. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we Thank you that you are a holy and righteous God and you've given us your commandments. Thank you that the, the purpose of the law is to show us our sin. But Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you haven't left us in our sin without hope, but you sent Christ to save us. And Father, I pray for any this evening who are not yet Christians, who have not yet believed on Jesus Christ and who are condemned by your law. Father, I pray that you give them grace to repent and believe in Jesus. And for those of us who are Christians, help us, Lord, to, to, to keep your law. We thank you that we're made right simply by faith in Christ. But, Lord, we want to live holy lives because we want to please you. Show us, Lord, of any areas in our life where we may, might be breaking this commandment. And please, Lord, give us grace to obey your word. We thank you for it. And we thank you most of all for the Lord Jesus, the all-sufficient Saviour. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.